0: George Street. (laughs) I actually used to play hockey with a guy and his name and he was a goalie. His name was George Street. Did you know that?
1: Swear to God, he's from Bay
0: Roberts. Oh, no, he's from Bay Roberts. Yeah. I haven't seen him since like high school, but that was his legitimate name. George Street. (laughs) Coolest guy in the world. And he was a goalie. How cool is that?
2: Makes me interested to see what his middle name was. That's actually the perfect intro for the episode we're about to do. The guy we got coming on, undoubtedly familiar with George Street. He's undoubtedly familiar with Southern Ontario. That's home to two of our biggest fan bases at DSC. Uh, -hmm. we got the voice of the Marlies, uh, Mr. Todd Crocker coming on the show, uh, blessed Mm -hmm. to have him, uh, none of that happens, of course, guys, without uh, the sponsorship of, uh, sports also out of Southern Ontario. So PHG sports, uh, that's where the pro sign, www.phgsports.com. But anyway, that's not what you're here to listen to. You want to hear the stories from, from Croc himself, so. Let's titter tatter. Let's get out of here. All right, ladies and gents, welcome to season two, episode seven of the Deke Snipe podcast. As mentioned in the intro, of course, uh, we've got a great guest today, uh, native son of Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, (laughs) Self-described, started off in a a soul-sucking job in radio, but uh, worked his way into working for his uh, hometown uh, Tiger Cats, actually. And I'm, I'm actually interested to hear a little bit more about that a little bit later but uh, he was the director of operations for the Hamilton Tiger Cats um more importantly what we've got him here to talk about he's uh, he's worked uh, in some one way shape or form uh, covering AHL hockey for over 23 years he's the voice of your Toronto Marlies Mr. Todd Crocker welcome to the show Todd uh, pleasure to be here uh, yeah it's, <laughs> i think the i think the
3: greatest part about something like this and and really one of the great parts about the whole pandemic has been the ability to do things like this that have become just kind of like it's okay. Before you used to mm-hmm. kind of say, wow, well, we're going to get talk to some guy halfway across the world, but we can't use the video because it looks like this.
1: But <laughs> yeah. Now
3: it's just like, Hey, this is the way it should look, you know? So it feels yep. great. We're connecting uh, better in
2: the hockey world because of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, goes, really? this is what TSN looks like. Now when you turn on TSN, this is what you get. <laughs> Right? Yeah, we got a yeah. couple of guys not in wrong. studio, and, uh, and everyone else is sitting yeah. at home uh, drinking bevies and uh, and we're not wearing pants generally. Well. Fancy shirts and
4: shorts yeah. Yeah, <laughs> really. We look, better, yeah, really, though. We look I mean, better than the Overdrive crowd, though. I think. Yeah, I, think uh, I do it. always have to check though when you say things like that. It's like, no, I
3: I Wait. kept
1: them on. I must
3: have stepped it up a, a notch here. So. That's it. <laughs> we're
2: honored, we are honored. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I guess definitely. we'll, we'll lean in by, uh, by letting you tell a little bit, giving us a little bit more detail into your career and how you ended up with, uh, with the Marlies.
3: Yeah, I, so the Marlies story is interesting because uh, John Abbott, who was the voice of the Marlies for a couple of years and uh, voice of the run that a couple of different ways you'd hear his voice. Uh, he was with the team when they went to the, their first Calder Cup against Norfolk, it didn't go so well, as some folks know. They lost in four straight to a very powerful Norfolk team that went on to become a very powerful Tampa Bay team. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then John was also the voice uh, at the same time that Drew McIntyre made that incredible round-the-back save uh, yeah. that just went, well, I don't even know if it could have gone viral at the time, but it, it since has said uh and and then john went to uh call games well joe Bowen voice of the leafs so uh, we all know uh he would do uh the tv games and and then john would would go and call the radio and so they needed somebody at that time to come and do the marlies games and and so they called me the idea being that uh I, you know, you take a young guy at a junior and you give him the job for a year. Well, then he's lost his job in junior. And and that would just be terrible because John was coming back a year later. So I was a filmmaker at the time, uh, did a couple of documentaries. And and they said, maybe you can make a documentary at the same time. And I, oh, <laughs> yeah, hook, line, sinker right there. I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm totally doing that. I'm going to make a documentary. I'm going to call play by play. I've been calling play by play, uh, since the Bulldogs 1998, I think it was, uh, first I was their voice full time. And then, uh, for many, many, many years after that, right up until the Marlies called, I was the, you know, I was the TV guy, the local guy who would call it for television. And, uh, and so, you know, got a great opportunity to call their Calder cup win and, and to be a part of a Calder cup run that ended badly. And, and so it was a lot of great experience, a lot of depth in the American Hockey League. Uh, and and so they said, well, yeah, but, you know, you run your own business, you're a filmmaker, you do all this kind of stuff. Can you take the time to kind of do this for a season? And I said, yeah, I guess. It wasn't really like jumping in with both feet. But, I, you know, when they mentioned the documentary side, I'm like, you, you got me. I'm doing that. <laughs> well, I think I was there a week before I went. I can't do both these things. There's no way. Like I'm carrying a camera. I've got this on the go. I'm trying to work on sound. I'm trying to get guys to do interviews for Leafs TV at the time. And I I, I realized quite quickly I couldn't do it, which was fine. Because Mm -hmm. it turned out to be one of the best years of hockey in my life. And I enjoyed it so much. And when I finished out the year, I said to uh, Steve Spott, who was the coach at the time, if you need me to do anything else, you know I'll be here for you because I enjoyed that year so much. Uh, restored my faith in hockey. That's happened a couple of times in my career. I I worked for Leafs TV before, and I did a show called Saturdays Heroes with my friend Chris Clark, and and it was kids who play house league in in Toronto and the surrounding area. They got a chance to play in the afternoon of a Leafs game, so you, they'd have morning oh, cool. skate, cool. and then they go to at the time Air Canada Center. And just house league guys, not, not rep, not anybody that was, you know, obviously might have an opportunity to do it anyway, Mm -hmm. just these house league kids and they get in, we do this Saturday's heroes. And, and that at a time when my, my relationship with hockey was kind of, you know, this is just a grind and whatever. Suddenly it was just like, wow, this is, this is like getting a bowl of popcorn. That's got all sorts of (sighs) butter on it. Just felt great. Yeah. And yeah. And then, uh, and then John Abbott, uh, anyway, at the end of that year, John Abbott, I uh, came to the golf tournament next year, uh, Leafs and Legends golf tournament, you know, like sidebar here, imagine rolling up to uh, a huge golf tournament, like Leafs and Legends and your choices, you know, to golf with are like Wendell Clark, Todd Crocker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the kid, I'm the kid on the playground. Who's just like, I hope somebody <laughs> picks me. I'm just really <laughs> yeah, hoping. Right. Uh, happy to so be here. Wh- whoever paid the lead for that golf tournament got me. Now they got a lot of hockey stories out of it, but nonetheless, uh I yeah. felt like I definitely had to give them something. And they they John got the call to go to Vancouver and, and be their voice uh full time. And uh and uh the guy who ran Leafs TV at the time, Aaron Lafontaine, uh said to me. Hey, you, you want to keep doing the Marley's gang? And I took three seconds to answer and, and I've been here ever since. So yes. Now I can't get rid of it. So. Yeah. I've dug Don't myself you. in, you know, like all sorts of places where I've been <laughs> all over the place. So,
5: I know yeah. things.
4: Yes, yeah, so that's yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah. Todd, go back a few years. Was that a lifelong dream of yours to be a play-by-play announcer? Like,
3: uh, you know, it wasn't. It. it was when I started out, uh, just out of college, uh, out of a radio broadcasting program, uh, conveniently located in my hometown. I could walk to school. Like really, it became like high school with ashtrays. You know, it was just like seriously. Now I'm going to college, and and the only difference is we can drink legally here. And it was just <laughs> like uh, I, I I don't even know I. It, and it wasn't the greatest you know i think some people talk about college and it wasn't the greatest experience of my life but when i left i wanted to be johnny fever i wanted to be a dj i wanted to be but radio had changed so significantly at the time the yeah. guy who was being that guy was there they weren't to be found it was like hey you're going to play our music at a, and our intervals you're going to do this going to dream up some sort of stupid contest that you're going to be a part of yeah and you're yep. gonna and then i was like I, I just don't see how that's very fun and uh but anyway i ended up in sports uh, uh weird because there were about eight nine guys in my class that were way more sports oriented than than i was and uh but i just got this job working for a syndicated you know radio audio house and. And next thing you know, I I was doing sports, and I ended up at the Tiger Cats from that job, and uh, and then a buddy of mine who worked at the Tiger Cats, Don Edwards, not the goaltender, uh, went to uh, went to run the Ontario Raiders, and and he asked me to do the play by play, and and I stepped in, and I I I probably did okay, but I did enough that the Hamilton Bulldogs, when the Raiders left and became the Toronto Rock uh the bulldog said we want you to call play-by-play for us and so that was kind of neat because uh here we are years later the gm of that team is now the president of the league scott so yeah Yeah.
1: you you stick
3: around long enough uh everybody uh, (laughs) everybody rises up that needs to rise up
0: yeah that's that's cool
2: that's awesome so obviously we're a newfoundland-based podcast um and oddly enough, we're, 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 we've we're been growing a following ever since we started, and that's only been about a year ago. Uh, but our biggest list, listening base is Southern Ontario and Newfoundland. I guess because we talk a lot of Leafs hockey, we talk a lot of Marley's hockey, we talk a lot of Growlers hockey. Um, we're immersed. In, we've got a big history here in the AHL. I mean, we had the baby Leafs here for a better part of 20 years. Uh, after that, of course, we, we, had, we dabbled with some other teams and whatnot, but we've been, been in the AHL for quite some time. Um, and now to do the ECHL. So I'm guessing you've made some trips to the island, yeah?
3: Oh yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what it, stands it out
3: is so. What stands out? What can <laughs> be what can be included in that conversation? Uh, yeah. The I, I will tell you. There's there. Hmm, no, maybe not that. The uh, <laughs> let, me, let me just see. Where the uh, where this lands, I will say this. Uh, I probably I ended will off, say this. <laughs> I, <Yeah. laughs> I probably ended <laughs> off more than a couple of nights at the uh, the, the French fry truck uh, just off was Ziggy, Peel Goods, Goods. I think Peel Goods. was Ziggy Peel <laughs> Goods. I think It was called. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was late night. Could have been early morning. Hard to know mm-hmm. uh, at that point. Nobody was <clears throat> nobody was checking. Uh, no that, was so, judging. Uh, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> thank you
3: That's
0: important. The, uh, we've all been there we've all yeah,
3: been there I was, it's nice to be validated the uh, yeah. so I just yeah I just uh uh I just so many different uh things from different points in my life too so I was with the Bulldogs and the Bulldogs and the Leafs at the time had a big rivalry because it yep. was Edmonton in Cape Breton and they had moved to Hamilton mm-hmm. and uh so it was just one of those things where they just had such an intense rivalry the old memorial uh which was great i do remember this is one of my favorite uh and i think this is okay to say now. but um the so brian rogers uh used to leave like four beers well i assume it was brian uh (laughs) used to leave four beers on ice for the visiting broadcaster so ah, that was great i always thought it was great because after the game you used to have to you know kind of do all sorts of little things in that time you know call back to the station do a hit do all sorts of things and brian used to leave these four beers for it for me or i assume for everybody i don't think it was just me uh actually probably wasn't probably was just for me but uh the he well one night uh it was 10-1 uh at the end of the game Uh, the leafs had just crushed uh had crushed the uh the the Bulldogs it was a terrible terrible loss if they could have gone through four goaltenders they would have but it was uh, I, I think it was 6-1 when I you know usually I wait till the end of the game but it was 6-1 and I'm like <laughs>
1: yeah there we go
3: i uh, like yeah come on now. <laughs> right. and just as I did that the seventh one went in and and you know, like, I, I kind of pride myself on the fact that, look, you know, I'll, I'll call a pretty even game. It's always from the Marley's point of view, but I always uh, call a pretty even game because you never know when the, the guy on the other side, this is the only recording of maybe his first goal or the mm-hmm. best goal he's ever scored or whatever. And it, to me, it's not fair to turn around and no. go, oh, he scored. You know, <laughs> that's that's right. good it's true. like one day, yeah. it was, it, like that, one day that guy's kids want to listen to that. And they'll want to be jacked up about it too, and you know I, I just I just don't think you can short somebody uh, a, a goal because they don't happen that often for a lot of people. So, uh, but that night, whoever scored those final three goals, they got short.
5: <laughs> Getting flashes of the—that's uh, awesome—the movie Major League, where the guys get the uh, Jack Daniels on the go, <laughs> things right. just go miserable it, right? it did feel that <laughs> way. I don't, you know, I think the
3: statute of limitations on the uh, CRTC probably uh, is run out on that, uh, and I'll deny it anyway. So it, uh, yeah. But but it was that was quite a night, and uh, and I'll I'll never forget that uh, after 10-1 and then I finally did all the hits. I looked back in the bucket and went, "Wow, that that really was that really was a tough game to call." <laughs> like, was, I'm gonna ask Brian there, There's four dead ones there, and I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't remember when this happened. So you anyway. know, what's
2: really funny is we've been doing this podcast now. We've got I don't know 40, 50 episodes or something like that. And as big a personality as Brian Rogers is locally, I don't know if we've ever mentioned him in the podcast. No. Oh Trying my out.
3: goodness. Yeah. And, be there. And, and that's amazing. my goodness one of my favorite guys of all time. Uh, he, he had such a, he belonged where he belonged. And, yeah, and, and I know that, they, I know that I'm um, of course you would have loved to have called the Leafs or the Canadians or, or called any, any NHL situation as you know, a lot of people feel that same, same tug in our league. Uh, and, and at some point it kind of starts to slide by you and, and you know, that's okay. But, Brian to me was the voice of St. John's Maple Leafs. Oh yeah. Whatever brother. happened after that? St. Whatever, John's hockey in general. He just yeah. was the voice that was just like flesh and the leather
2: lobster. You know,
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: like oh, I loved it. I loved yeah. it. Yeah.
4: yeah. Well, so, uh, he was my first experience growing up and listening to a lot of announcers over the years. He was my first experience of an announcer being a pure another homer for his for the home team. And yeah. I, I've got to learn that Joe Bowen has all is also in the same category. Is yeah. that that must be a difficult task? Um, separating your job from the from your passion or or, or from the team. You know what I
3: mean? Uh, I you know the thing about um the the thing about that is uh there's there's obviously those folks that are are kind of. I'm not sure Joe quite falls I mean he's obviously a Leafs fan and and, and I guess I'm all all of us are, but uh, but I think uh, you know I think Joe uh, of course, you know, steps hard on on Leaf's goals like, hey, let's go, you know, like hey, holy Mackinac, all that kind of stuff. and that's and and i I think it's legendary it is, yeah. I just I, I just think that there's a little bit of a difference between being a, a homer and calling it from, the Leafs point of view. And, and I like to think I kind of fall into that category where I call it from the Marley's point of view. Um, so to me, that often means, you know, even when the Marley's are on defense, I'm mentioning defensive plays. Uh, you can't ignore what's really happening in the hockey game. And I, and I don't think Joe, I think Joe calls opposing goals uh, the he same does. way. In yeah. fact, I, I, I'm just trying to think if I didn't hear that from him first somewhere uh, oh, yeah. to do that. Uh I I might be wrong, but I uh I just think that uh yeah, actually it was Paul Hendrick who told me that. Um, you know, that some kid is just gonna hear this and, and yeah. you better give them their due. So
4: yeah. Yeah, great point. Yeah. I love
2: One that. I wanted to ask you about next. Uh <laughs> you talked about uh you talked about being a film filmmaker and uh and being into that business and being passionate about it. Um uh, you must have watched all or nothing amazon documentary i did yeah now as a guy who's both into the filmmaking as well as connected to the team and knowing the struggles and 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 what the what the players go to i I can't imagine a better person to comment on how you think the guys sitting in that room were affected by the documentary happening them around them (laughs) Well,
3: there's a funny thing that happens when you, uh, allow somebody into that circle of, uh, trust. I don't want to get Frank, the tank here on, you like we're in the trust tree. Uh, but, uh, I just, uh, I just think that there's, um, I think that once it starts to happen, uh, and you start to, you start to not see them. Uh, and I, and I really do believe that that's, that's what happens because, uh, you know by the way Erin the, McCarthy is a tremendous uh, filmmaker as well does Leaf's Blueprint um, yes, and yes. I think she, she does a really good job on that show and she's around them all the time and uh, so I think that once you kind of become the paneling which you have to be in a documentary situation uh, once you drop into the paneling and you just kind of become invisible well I, I think I think at that point it they're nothing anymore they're just people that are around they're uh they they're just part of what's happening they might as well be the equipment manager they might as well be a trainer they might as well they could be anybody and that person no. just happens to have a camera with them so I think as it went, goes along, uh, I think in the beginning, sometimes it can be unnerving. I think sometimes I'm just watching, I uh, just started watching Drive to Survive uh, because Christian Rubens is a big F1 fan and he got me onto this <laughs> F1. Well, I've never watched F1 in my life. Uh, and so I started watching this Drive to Survive. And it's funny because all the young drivers just take it as this is what's happening. And one of the older drivers just keeps looking around like, do we have to have that camera here? <laughs> well, you know, so yeah. I, I think the young guys get it. You know, I think they really Maybe, do. Yeah.
0: It's probably more
5: exposed to it as well. Yeah, you know, sure. I'm I mean, way more it, exposed to the media.
4: Yeah. You just assume yeah. the camera's on you, I guess. Yeah.
5: You, know, like, you got like, characters like, like Joe Thornton.
4: You got characters yeah. like Joe Thornton last year. I'm sure he plays up for the camera.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah right. He feeds yeah, he off that. that. Yeah. yeah.
4: And why? And why wouldn't
3: you? I mean, you know, Joe has an outsized personality, uh, and it, it, it can rule a situation. Uh, and I, I think that sometimes that's great. Uh, I, I think sometimes, you know, uh, you'd like to see it, it take a backseat, but you can't, you can't, it's just, you got to take everything that comes with it. Uh, we all know people in our lives that are like that. They walk into a room, they light up the room and for an hour, they hold you captive and, uh, and then you know all of a sudden you're like oh i i kind of am tired you know like i just somebody else needs to talk to this guy you know well (laughs) i go get a drink yeah
0: i've always said that about joe thornton though i feel like he's very like exhausting (laughs) well Well, yeah
3: and i don't know because i don't know joe uh no you know but not in a bad way not in a bad
0: way though like but he just seems like he has a ton of energy and you can certainly see that in, in the documentary, you can really see that, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think it's important to remember that, you know, editing plays a key role in, in those kinds oh, of yeah. things too. It, yeah. uh, the story yeah. doesn't happen on, on, if, you know, when you're a filmmaker, the story doesn't happen on the, on the camera. It happens in the editing room. Yeah. Uh, you know, we That's did true. a, I did a documentary about, uh, street performers, buskers and, uh, right you know, like the amount of footage we shot would tell you nothing, but we cut it in a way that it tells the narrative that we hope it told, which was these people are highly talented and choose to do this, not these people are highly talented and want your money, uh, which they also want your money, but the key is that, you know, they're talented, and so when it got edited uh, the way it did chronologically uh, in their case, which wouldn't have been my first choice but i get it i get how they do that so and why you do it uh because you can edit it as you go along as opposed to Mm. you know kind of getting there and saying well what kind of storyline developed what happened here who's this and who's you know kind of like this person so uh, i get it but wouldn't be i don't think it'd be anybody's first choice to just chronologically uh document what happens you know without the context of uh, of relationships yeah. because all, all sports are personal, right? I mean, the yeah, second absolutely. I meet somebody and I like somebody, I want to be, I want to be at the game to see them. You know, yeah. that's why it's important, you know, to, to, that we have contact with people. That's the great part about the ECHL, the AHL, you go to an AHL all-star game, they are all-star game. They take the glass down uh, at the skills competition and the fans are right there interacting with yeah. it. And it's yeah. just it's just such an honest moment. It feels great, and and yeah. I think those are the moments that make the difference in in any game, and our game in, in particular.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Let's I can attest to that. that. I, I, uh, I had uh, my wife bought them for me for Christmas one year. When we had, last time we had the AHL All Star Game here in St. John's, back in our ice caps days, my wife bought me rinkside seats to the skills competition. And when I showed up, I'm like where's the glass <laughs> like yeah. and and it was just amazing like in the fastest skater i had like i mean you like you could feel the breeze when these guys passed by you i mean this was no joke right um mm-hmm. and it was just i felt like i was actually part of the competition as opposed to uh a spectator you know just an yeah. amazing experience changes but your perspective
0: yeah. yeah, I was going to say that goes for a lot of things too, though. Like on a different level, I can't speak for AHL, but with ECHL, like we have the owner of the Growlers on our podcast. He he responds to comments on Facebook in our Facebook group. Like I I don't believe you would see not that call Dubas wouldn't do that, but it's like they're not permitted to do those things either, right? No. We just get more access at that at this lower level, and it's it's kind of cool. So, oh, and I'm like sure it's AHL more is intimate. probably. Yeah, it is way more, and I'm sure like AHL is probably a little bit more relaxed, obviously than the NHL. Probably not as relaxed as the ECHL, but it's just yeah, it's it's cool and it's intimate. I like that.
5: That's what I like for my kids. Especially for us as
0: Newfoundlanders, yeah.
5: I even found with the baby Leafs here, it was really hard to get access to things. I was a kid; I couldn't get in anywhere. But I find with mm-hmm. the growlers, I mean, you can get kids into a lot oh of things. and uh Yeah, it's uh, a lot of stuff in the Growlers Academy, hockey school, and stuff like that. I'm going to get my kids into. And yeah, I'm glad I have yeah. that level of hockey here, and I'll save the the big Me ones too. for when I fly away. But I mean, yeah. I'd like to fly away a little bit more. But you know, <laughs> maybe soon. I know. And get
3: off the island for a little while.
0: That old COVID. Who will blame it on no. that? Hey.
3: Yeah, I was, just, <laughs> I, I was just saying the other day that's become a. It's become a catch for everybody. I, we were in Chicago yeah. uh, last week and and uh, I was at a fr- French fry truck. There's a theme here. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> I, I was at a French fry truck and uh, it was taking a little long and a guy, said, guy says says me, he says, taking a little longer, you know, COVID. And I'm like, oh yes, the <laughs> supply chain from the potatoes to the fryer <laughs> to me, all COVID related.
0: Right. COVID. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. So Todd is um, game day. Todd- yes Go what, ahead.
4: What does, what does preparation look like for you in, in your role
3: well you know that's interesting because it that i get that question a lot because uh i think people might think that i i spend most of game day uh you know immersed uh, in my secret lair uh handing mm-hmm. out uh, assignments to henchmen and stuff like that but i i'm just uh i, I find that i i need to uh have a decompression kind of day, so a lot of the information that that I use, it I get before then. I need to get into a game with a clear mind uh, and and not be cluttered uh, because the way I the way I call play, I, I rely on on a color guy uh, at home, and um, that was Bob McGill for a long time, and and Bob never had a problem talking, so it was always real good between us. Um, because I, I, I believe the, the role of play-by-play is to call play. Uh, it's to notice things and use words that describe perfectly what is happening on the ice. And then it is up to the color guy then to tell you what happened away from the puck and why things happened. He's the why, I'm the what. And, and mm-hmm. I, I find sometimes now that people try to cross that bridge uh, a lot. And I think it's Mm -hmm. uh, something that happens in in the early part of play-by-play people, their careers, is they try to insert their own either opinion or thoughts on what happened on a play. But you don't watch the game like that as a play, or you shouldn't, I don't think. I I don't know, maybe you can. I I can't. Uh, But because I watch the game, you know, like I'm doing this, right? The Mm -hmm. whole time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm only watching a certain segment of what's going on. And, uh, you know, the, the colored person is watching it from out here, you know, pulled back, seeing everything. And I just don't, to me, I don't get how you can then comment on what happened. Uh, I have to do it on the road, but I, I stay away from it. I stay away from kind of analyzing play and just lean a little bit more on stats or lean a little bit more on, on what I saw happen, uh and and oftentimes talk about cookies as well so i that <laughs> i don't know Jeez. it's just and French people who people who listen on and the French road are, they get a whole different you know broadcast <laughs> than what happens uh, at home they get a they get a whole step into another world of what happened in my day and and it's very stream of consciousness and uh i'm sure it drives some people absolutely crazy just to say oh man here he goes again he, you know talking about <laughs> You know, some some place he got noodles for dinner. It's like, come on right now. I'm
1: like,
0: well, Todd, I'll- all like how about the snacks? I, got I like that. Genuine the touch though. At least it's got-
5: genuine, you know?
0: Oh. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I got I got, oh, I got to kiss a bit of ass here now and and, and this is the honest to God truth. One of my favorite segments <laughs> that was ever done uh was when you used to do the walk to the rink.
1: Yeah. And
2: yeah. I, yeah, I legitimately enjoyed tuning in. And getting your take on the city that you were in and the temperature and the climate and the weather and what was to be expected between the two teams I, I, I literally loved it i thought it was fantastic genius actually
3: well you know i see other people doing it now i saw when i saw somebody doing it far more sophisticated than uh, uh i do it uh at the olympics uh they had a guy who was going around wherever the olympics were the last time and uh and he was kind of you know living the life of of whatever I, I'll tell you how I came to it I was in Utica one afternoon do, do you care what how I came to it or did, yeah <laughs> I don't want no. <laughs> no, to it. this is not the greatest it's not the greatest it. segment in, in you know uh, no. online history but I just I was sitting in Utica in my hotel room just like bored and I thought <laughs> I'm up I want to go to the rink I'll walk And I walked from the hotel to the rink and I decided with this new uh, Facebook live thing, I was going to try it. It was no big deal. Now, you know, nowadays you have to go through 44 meetings before you could ever get something like that approved. But I -hmm. just started going and started talking about what I got from the bartender the night previous. Uh, This guy was so knowledgeable about Utica and I tend to gravitate to those conversations anyway. So uh, in those locations. And, uh, and so I just, you know, gathered up all this information and I spewed it out on my walk to the rink and, um, it, it was a surprise for everybody, but I think the first one was a smashing success. And so they said, well, if you ever want to do that again, go ahead. Uh, and so I did, there are people in Utica who will recognize me and I can't get that into my head. You well, know, like it's it's just so we were there last and I, and i just started doing them again by the way ryan i, I just yeah. I just recently started doing them again i i stopped doing them because i thought wow people aren't really interested in this stuff this is crazy it just yeah. it just seems like me in a stream of conscious randomness i i don't even know why and yet uh the first one i did uh there's so much feedback from from all these people who were just who just I think, well, I don't know. You you'd be able to tell me better, but they just love seeing where the team is and knowing a little bit about what the rink looks like, what the town yeah. looks like, what yep. the team is experiencing, um, you know. And and so I'm going to keep doing them this year,
2: or, or get awesome. back to doing
3: them this year. Yeah.
2: I'm
5: glad to hear. It. I enjoy it. I've always enjoyed it.
2: It's, oh, thanks. it's it's that personal touch. It's it's the same mm-hmm. reason people that watch podcasts. Trust me. Exactly. I don't I can't understand why we have a, a, a subscriber in South in South Australia. I'll never fully understand. Yeah. Whoever you are, thanks for listening or watching. We always make whatever. we always make it a point to thank that one. Yeah, but yeah. like I don't I don't really get it. I don't understand. I don't get it. So you know we've got people who actually subscribe to our channel and watch these things or listen to these yep. things regularly and like you know i'm I'm a, I'm a stats nerd in hockey as well as i am in podcasting i watch the numbers and the graphs and who's listening at what points mm-hmm. and then what, what their average watch time duration might be and and i just find it fascinating because i don't really find us that fascinating these guys are just people who i've been friends with for a long time and we <laughs> we shoot the shit about all levels of hockey and all topics in between oh, But hobby's getting out of control
3: yeah <laughs> but it's honest
2: yeah, yeah, exactly
3: that makes a big difference
5: I and it's yeah. and you know what we always try to make it a point to talk about the alternative views because you can hop on Facebook and see any old crappy view you want a million times over we'd like to yeah. get a little bit more into it there's more to it than that and that's uh that's why I keep doing it, it just keeps well, that, me interested in more that, sides that
3: and, to show off the Christmas tree
5: yeah uh, that, hey, well, that's not that's not beautiful my job work. that's not mine yeah, that's not, that's not his job every year man that's Shout I can show it off credit. Take it takes, it takes, it takes the focus off of this.
0: Right? Oh, it's a beautiful tree, though, Chad. I gotta say. Oh
5: seriously. my god, she does a great job every year. It is a number
2: Anyway, enough about our podcast. We would have won the podcast of year War 2 hadn't Todd into that rant as to how he came up with walked to the rink. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. I know. I know. Of
3: all things, you, you, you're <laughs> oh just right god. on the edge, right there. Now, it you knows, you was can Dallas, he can on the su- podium, getting a silver medal
5: the dallas eacons do some of those too
3: uh no dallas was oh me may have but uh yeah and and i don't even know like i say Uh i don't don't even know why it came into my head i i just i just started doing it and and then you know people liked it so i kept doing it and uh it's it's just fascinating i i because i i have a load of useless information that it comes with me on a regular basis. And you and me both. Yeah. 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 Oftentimes <laughs> oftentimes with that information I'll I'll wrap it up in a in a bit of a fable. Uh and Justin Bourne, who was the uh who was our video coach for a little while, and then uh he's now on SportsNet uh and and doing a he's had wild success there, which is great. But I was always able to kind of tell him a story, you know, that had enough fact in it and then right to the, you know, right to a thing where he'd be like, oh yeah, oh, oh, hey, is that true? Absolutely not. And he'd just be like, (laughs) come on. (laughs)
0: Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hour later a full <laughs> it's hour it's like what at what part did you start lying <laughs> Yeah.
3: well that's what he that's what he often says he says yeah. I, i've come to a point here where i have a lot of facts and information but i'm not quite confident to repeat them so. <laughs> and,
2: and and that's Makes fair sense. that's fair yeah. yeah it's entertaining todd
4: it's do weird. you have a favorite call during your Marley's career Oh, yeah. well
0: that's yeah, excluding I mean, there's, championship. there's, yeah, I was just gonna say, there's gotta be one obvious one. Hey. Yeah. There, yeah that is
3: the, that is the one obvious one. Uh, it was, um, though, uh, interestingly enough, the, the, that season for me or that postseason was filled with a, a well, not filled, but there were a couple of calls that I, I felt like I nailed it. You know, like I failed, uh, like I just was, Oh, I, captured that I, I and there's some i blew uh, because i've done that many times so uh and and you don't know it or maybe you do but uh but like i know it like the other night josh hosang scored a goal beautiful highlight reel yeah uh goal incredible and what i meant to say was josh josh hosang or something now see i now screwed it up and and even in retelling it i couldn't get it right
2: you had one Uh, job i wanted to say you had one job i wanted
3: to say sensational but instead i was just like what happened there i went off into this and (laughs) sings it into the net and this happened and it's sensational i'm like that was not what i was hoping to do but uh the uh but the uh, the call that I, I really uh, look back on oftentimes and think, oh, I nailed that one, was when Freddie Goche scored uh, in uh, overtime against uh, Syracuse, I think it was game two uh, of the second round, and uh, gave the Marlins the win in the second game. Uh, it was like, uh, you know, goal for the big man, fee five, phenomenal and uh Uh, cool yeah it didn't come to me until the moment i said it and after i said it i was i was even then i was kind of like did that make sense you know and i actually (laughs) i remember looking at bob after after i called it and he won and the whole deal and i looked over and, and bob's grinning ear to ear he's just
0: like oh you nailed
3: it and i'm like uh, Great. I think it is, but it's not Fi phenomena. What is it? What are you like? What is the, you know? <laughs> Fee five
0: foam. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. was pretty good though.
3: Yeah. Especially so the, I,
0: at the spur of the moment to come nah, up rolls. with that. That's that's yeah, talent. Perfectly.
3: Uh, and then Miro Altman had one in Overtime against Lehigh Valley and uh, and it was like Miro the hero. And it was just uh you know, just moments like that, that you you kind of think uh I think back, the other one I can remember from very early on, the first year TJ Brennan had started for uh, really in a positive manner. He had a hat trick in his first game and a hat trick, I think in his third or fourth game. Third game yeah. And on the on the second hat trick, uh, on the third goal, I, I called him 3J Brennan. And, and I thought, <laughs> how did that not stick? You know, like, it just, <laughs> like, how did that not continue to be a thing uh, maybe I never said it again. He didn't score another hat trick again, so maybe that didn't happen. I, but I felt like I, sometimes you feel like you say something, it's like, I got it. I was like, That's he's three game ratted. It, it's, it's gold, like, people. It's gold, yeah. Uh, it's gold, Jerry, it's gold, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, so it's just like, yeah, I just at the uh, at that one i thought i i thought i'd done something there and uh but the <laughs> nice part about that particular thing is i talked to uh tj you know i don't know years later
2: or whatever he'd remembered it so yeah. that was enough nice. for
0: me yeah. oh well that's an accomplishment well the better yeah. question
2: yeah. is why didn't tj brennan stick i mean yeah, it was one of my favorite merleys for I, sure it was it was one of my favorite fog devils back Absolute in the weapon now. Yeah. Yes, he was right. in New- he was on New- playing Newfoundland, right. right? He was a great player for us on a terrible team in St. John's, and went on yeah. to have a. Well, and I I, I was like, this guy is going to be the next coming of Thomas caberlet or I don't know, you know what I mean? I was like, this guy's going to be a Leaf forever, and it just never yeah. really materialized.
3: Well, and I think what happens, uh, what happens is for for TJ Brennan is, you know, he's brought in with the idea that he's going to, you know, he's going to come in when something goes wrong up top um so he thinks you know he, he's he's there to kind of be that seventh eighth guy uh but he's he's what did Greg Moore called somebody this the other day Joey Dusak an offenseman. he and that's what TJ Brennan wants and ah, and nice. i, I, like I still i still don't think that uh anybody has a, i've seen anybody with a one timer like he he had no
1: it was,
3: great. Uh, it was just so well executed uh but you know, you you got to you know he went to teams and were on teams that skated fast, very mm-hmm. fast, and yeah. to keep up in that situation, you, you know, you had to you had to find that gear uh, and or find a way around it, and and I you know I, I think they moved him, uh, you know, at a point got him back. Uh, Mm -hmm. recognizing that he was, he was such an important piece of the puzzle. Uh, He's a guy that I wish they would have gotten back and got a Calder cup ring out of it because he's just that great a guy. Yeah. Uh, But uh, yeah, I, you know, and, and the short answer is goes to speedy teams and a very, you know, very hard when you're, when you're a guy who can get that done at the AHL level with the AHL speed, but just that next gear that you need up top, maybe it wasn't there. Uh, yeah. maybe the, the, the room wasn't there to pull the one timer. Uh, you know, there, there's lots of guys who are in the next pay grade mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, made that decision and, uh, they, they didn't see something that they needed to see. And, and those two things might've been at. It. And it's yeah. only in so many
5: roster spots, you know, It's like, you could be just like the, that extra one out and, you know, no knock on him. He had a great career like in the AHL. He's, you oh, yeah. know, defensive of the year. So, I mean, yeah. he's had a great career besides. Mm-hmm. I just would like to see him in the Leafs uniform. I, I had visions at one point that he was going to replace Jake Gardner and it just never well, happened.
2: Mm-hmm. He, he He couldn't stick on a Leafs team that had terrible defense. And if I'm not mistaken, he ended up in Chicago. Does that sound right? Yeah. In Philly. And Philly too, wasn't it? Yeah. Chicago yeah, first. Yeah. I and
3: then, yeah, he, that's where he ended up. uh That's where he finished out in the AHL and now he's over in, uh, I want to say, with Red Bull in uh, uh, Austria, I think. Yeah, somewhere over there. Uh, cool. I think so.
4: He always reminded me of John Slaney. Ne- John Slaney, yes. uh, one of the best best HL defensemen of all time. Yeah. Never really got that break on a team, whether it, whether it was with Washington. Had a stint with Pittsburgh. I think he was in the True. Phoenix organization at the end. Yeah. Never really got that, that break. I always compared TJ Brennan because he was so dynamic. And when he came in here, because I can recall – I don't think I missed a game at the Fog Devils in three years. He came in as a walk-on. Um, he did. Yeah, he, did. he was. He did not have that big name, but I can remember in that first year, or in, in the uh, preseason, he really made a name for himself, and he was on a top pairing, very quick on a pretty bad Fog Devils team. But you knew there was some promise there. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. I, and truly, uh for me, is just one of my most favorite Marlies of all time. I just, yeah, uh, I just have great respect for him as a person uh i i could talk to him for hours uh and he would you know and he would reciprocate uh and his family is just really incredible group and oh, great to hear. And, and when you're you know there there's guys that you know things happen to that you're kind of like oh well that happens and then there's guys that you want to see have success and and you know i it, look you know he didn't play for free so you know no. in my in my books he got you know he he got paid and he he had success. And that yeah. to me is, you know, oftentimes we measure success about what happens at the NHL level, but you made a career. He's made a career out of hockey.
5: Well, um, exactly. You know, if anybody wants yeah. to offer me a job in hockey in Austria, Switzerland,
0: yeah.
5: I mean, exactly. come on. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah, right sign there. me up. Yeah. 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 I mean uh, that's the year, thing that year everyone year thinks that NHL is nothing.
3: Uh, yeah, one year the uh Rochester Americans went to uh the Spengler Cup. And then the next year, the Marlies were supposed to go, mm-hmm. but they couldn't quite work it out. And it didn't quite work out. But we were pretty keyed up to go to the Spengler Cup for Christmas to be in oh Switzerland. God. The devil? Yeah. Yeah. That I don't know how, the hockey, you know, how that would have gone, but I can tell you the broadcasting would have been interesting.
2: Oh, I would love yeah. to go over there and <laughs> a <handful laughs> of beers again. Yeah. Yeah. It's
4: true. Yeah. <laughs> Too funny. <laughs> I've been you know, at the worlds and, in Sweden, and you know, watching hockey in Europe. Um, I love watching hockey in Canada, but watching it in Europe, Sweden versus Finland in the semis, yeah, uh, yeah. there was probably more fights in the stands uh, between the Swedes and the Finns. No way! Versus what was on the ice? I had never seen anything like it in my life. It was amazing. Wow! <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll never find in North America that was hopping like it wasn't in, in Stockholm that night. Is that right? Yeah, oh, it was yeah. amazing. Yeah, wow,
3: wow, I, I, like, and that, you know, that just strikes me as not the fins aren't tough; they certainly are, but it uh, just seems like such a anti-Swedish thing. It just seems like mm-hmm. they'd be, you know, no, no, it's okay. You go, <laughs> we'll go. You know, they're they're so accommodating yeah. as yeah. people. I just uh, so much, so much joy that uh they have, <gasps> or just very simple things. <laughs> I'd be curious to see how the fight worked out. And you know, know what? what right?
4: You know what? You think Newfoundlanders like to drink? You haven't oh, seen yeah. nothing until you've seen two of those teams against each other. And uh, <laughs> most of the guys are passed out outside the arena after the game. They, it was... I love it. I
5: just can't handle it like us, Patty. Right, yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's one of the reasons why I like watching the Spangler, because the place is absolutely on um, wheels, yeah, it's flags, rug. and yeah. Yeah. paint. I'm like, I wish that was here. I wish that was us. Yeah. We're trying to get <laughs> go for the growlers we'll try to get that going sooner or later
3: yeah yeah i i and and i love you know the one thing i i really do miss there's cities you miss uh, uh, that you know no longer have teams and and i gotta i gotta say you know uh, at the top of the list is st john's it's just like it just it's one of those places where immediately i i feel like i belong there you know and Mm -hmm. and it just I don't know what it is about it. Uh, I don't know, you know, because there's only like five Crocker's in the phone book and phone book. Uh, a good few in here. Hamilton, <laughs> uh, but there's like a thousand of them out there. Oh yeah, but like I gotta be related to one of those people. Yeah. Like, oh, I, definitely. Know. Yeah. Well,
0: the
5: best hockey shop in town is Crocker's. The, the ch- ch- about and sports What's craft. Oh. So the best sh- hockey shop ever, like since I can remember. Is a family that I know, and uh, they're own. It's owned by Crocker's, best hockey shop in town.
4: Oh, and didn't, I mean, did Chris success. Crocker from Conception Bay play for the Peter Rowe Peats? He did junior yeah. hockey. I'm pretty sure. Thank you. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. The only
3: Crocker I really ever talked to out there was Bob Crocker. He used to take. Uh, I know. Uh, I know photos Bob. for the <laughs> uh, do. for the Leafs, <laughs> and it was just like one of those one of those days. He's like. Hey, I took this picture and and I really thought you know you, you might like it. And uh, oh that's a neat picture. That's great. And we were kind of talking, and he says, Oh, Bob Crocker. And I, I'm like, Hi, hey, Bob? Todd Crocker. And he goes, Oh, hi. I, like, like it was no big deal. But
4: I'm like, no, I just don't meet too many guys <laughs> my last time, so. yeah. He's a real estate agent now. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay
2: we're coming yeah. full circle here now i like it yeah a right. beer and herd left yeah <laughs> that's yeah. what it's all about though you're, that's you're it's a all new fan now todd yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. everybody Crackle knows everybody especially if he knows fatty yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> let's. No, uh, I, 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 I got something I, I've been dying to ask you about because um, we had Joe Bowen on the podcast. He was uh, he's been on twice now. Actually, Joe was a friend of the show, which is fantastic because uh, <laughs> oh. he doesn't he doesn't do a lot of podcasts, but uh, or any really. But uh, one thing we asked Joe about at the beginning of this season uh, when he was on with us, we asked him about Josh Hosang and uh, his projection. Uh, I
0: literally if, have that wrote here, like yeah. to well, ask about bad. Josh Hosang. Too bad it's
2: my question. <laughs> You go Um, ahead. No, I I asked Joe, you know, if what, what he thought his chances of were Josh actually making the team at a camp and, and Joe said, unless he has absolutely a mind blowing camp, zero chance of him making the team out of camp. He said, that being said, he's going to have a chance if he takes the deal to, uh, to play with the Marley's and play on a really, really good line and really show what he's got. And more importantly, show management, what kind of person he is so. I'd, I mean, you've been around around Josh now enough to I'm assuming comment on all of that. And I'd love to hear what you got to say about Josh as a person, a player, the whole shooting match. Cause we're loving the highlights. Oh, we are.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me, let me start here because I think it's more important. I always think it's more important to find out who the person is.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and, yep. uh, to me, I watched a lot of Josh Hosang uh, just like everyone else uh, and, and saw brilliance uh, at times. And, and as he, you know, rightly points out lots of times where Josh Hosang wasn't invested in the game uh, at all. And, you know, nobody was going to tell him how to play the game. He was going to play it his way. Uh, That's not the case this year. So, so let me back that up. Uh, I meet him for the first time and I, I, I like people that aren't, you know, the carbon copy, you know, mm-hmm. we're doing this, we're doing that. I, I enjoy those, those people in our game. Uh, and there's, there's, there's not enough of them. Uh, but Josh is one of those people that I just love to talk to because he's got a real sense of who he is. Uh, mm-hmm. he's got a maturity now beyond his years because he did go through, uh, you know, kind of, a a, a, a situation where he had to learn for himself Uh, Mm -hmm. how to be uh, a better hockey player and better person he's done all that Mm -hmm. Uh, and and he's just he he has a joy in in how he's playing he there's no pressure on him anymore he doesn't feel it He, he doesn't feel like he wants to be that the end result is the nhl if it happens fine that's great And I can identify with that because, you know, and, and I admire that at at a guy, Josh's age, because I came to that late too. It was kind of like at a certain point, you're like, I just enjoy the heck out of this. And if the NHL calls one day, well, great. That's great. But really, I, I just really love this gig. So, you know, I think for him, he really enjoys what's happening now. He's not going to live three months into the future uh, it's not possible anyway, but a lot of players do regardless. Uh, yep. A lot of people do regardless, right? You know, how many times do you find yourself saying, oh, gee, when I, you know, if I can just get past these two weeks, then I'll have but today's the day. This yep. is today. Yeah. Today's your opportunity. And that's how he, that's how he's kind of approaching it. And I really respect him for that. Joshua saying the player. I, I don't know if if you want to talk about really hard to talk about in terms of most improved player for a guy that was already pretty improved. Um, Mm -hmm. but I I wouldn't say, you know, there's lots of guys who, who stepped up here, but Josh to me goes from a guy who I'd seen previous years being an uneven player to stepping in and being an even player, just Mm -hmm. being a guy who understands that, now, does he still get caught sometimes, you know, trying to dipsy doodle around in, a, in you know, 120 feet from the other net? Yeah, sometimes he does. But you, you're going to have to accept that because yep. he's a completely uh, talented, elite level talent player that is going to do something at the other end when he has the puck that not a lot of other players can do. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you, there's, we don't talk about that with a lot of other players because they're not Josh Sang. Right, so Josh to me is a player that is happy where he is. Will Will he be a guy that the Leafs bring along if they have a a, a run in the spring? I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, awesome. I I can't
2: come up with a reason why they wouldn't. I well, uh, Josh. I don't know if Josh is some kind of uh, hockey wizard as well because any any night did the Leafs lose? cue up to Josh sang highlight real goal. It's like clockwork. Like might as well Every turn on time. the Marley's feed now listen to Croc. It's taking so long. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I, I never noticed it before, but
2: oh, I, it's I, clockwork.
3: Yeah. yeah. I, like, I love it. I love it. I I'm just, uh, I'm just enjoying it. I said to him, uh, I said to him at the, at the outset of the season, uh, you know, Josh, I'm really excited to have you here. I said, because I don't, you know do this job the way a lot of people do this job and i say a lot of silly and goofy things and i think you and i will compliment each other just fine and and he yeah. uh he kind of laughed and 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 now he's now he's stuck with me so man. excellent
5: well it's too bad robinson got hurt too early because i was like i was really up yeah. to watch a lot of that this year
3: and yeah. uh, him and yeah, sang together it
5: just looked like it was like early magic and you knew it was going to be
3: Yeah. I liked, I, you know, the one thing about, uh, Nick is the, the focus. Boy, I tell you, I think I I I probably could have had a rocket on Mars by now. Uh, if I had the focus that, uh, Nick Robertson has, I'm watching him go through this, this rehab day to day. And the way he is attacking it. And I gotta tell you, you know, like, I, a couple of, a couple of days ago, I caught my finger, my finger in the door and just got me a little bit, just on the edge. You know, you ever do that? You just catch the edge, like the, you know, and
1: yeah. I'm,
3: I'm, I'm not ready to go yet. You mm-hmm. know, like, I'm like, oh, no, oh, like I need, I need attention. I need chicken soup. I need, <laughs> you know, so I need to lie down here and, you know, like comparatively, you know, comparatively he's like, what door? you know, and he's just every day banging away, getting, you know, and, and working on it mentally and working on it physically. And and I don't think I've seen too many players that have that kind of just, just focus Mm. on, on, Mm. on the game and on their game, on how to fit in with the other game, with the game. And I, I really yeah. I was I sorry to see him get injured. Absolutely, because I just I'm just so curious about what he can right. do. Yeah. You
0: and do it seems roster? that he just Yeah, he just keeps getting like these unfortunate and injuries oh, yeah. too, right? And Yeah.
5: And he's and he's um, right there. He's right there yes, for roster spot. Yeah.
0: Is so he, he uh, in your opinion I was going to say in your opinion do you think he's cl- I don't I haven't like checked on him like in a while is he somewhat close to returning or No,
3: he's uh yeah. he's, st- oh. he's still in a cast. He's weeks 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 away. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. like, like till, I would at say least yeah. after, after Christmas, Christmas sometime. After sp- yeah. I think breaks? that's what we're talking about. Uh yep. oh no, yeah. before then. Okay. Uh, before then. then. sure, but uh I think it was 8 to 10 weeks.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh yeah. they said and it's been four
0: I think so. Yeah. Wow. That's it. Oh my God. The
3: cast. So he's got two more weeks, probably with a cast, I think. I don't know where we're at actually with that. So anyway, but, yeah, and then that comes off and then you've got a whole bunch of rehab. Now there would have been lots of times in the past where people would just say, okay, give it a week, you're back on the ice and away you go. But that's not how the Leafs work. Uh, no, that's, they, no. That's, a,
5: that's a short-term investment.
3: Yeah. They are so good uh, about how, to rehab an injury uh that i think there's lots of times where a guy you know even even myself i find myself saying you know isn't that guy ready yet like what what's stopping that guy from playing come on and and what's stopping uh that guy from playing is science and and you know like i failed science uh, a couple times so (laughs)
0: me too and And then we have one of the
5: best medical facilities in the league and i think that attracts a lot of players that are uh Having those issues like Tyler came in mm-hmm. and fixed up his hips a bit, and
2: yeah. you know, hopefully yeah.
5: with Nick Robertson, he's just in good hands, and this wouldn't be lasting nagging things. And mm-hmm. I don't think it will be. He's young and he's resilient.
2: Oh yeah, yeah,
5: he's too good to keep down.
2: Yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be he's, curious. He's a back big to Robinson piece for, the club. for a second.
4: Uh, I recall <laughs> back in the preseason, uh, Haley Wickenheiser making the comment, and I don't know if this is her mm. exact words in regards to he's got to learn to tone it down a little bit. Yeah she said to, something like that. <laughs> that's a hard message for him to accept uh and then mm-hmm. to accept and then do something about it uh cuz he is like it's hard to change the person any thoughts on that like is his focus yeah, going to be do. a detriment
3: Yeah I do Patty I, I have a, a real clear thought on it and and that's that I think people focused on the wrong phrase that she said. Uh I think she said you know he's got to learn to dial it back Uh, And I think that was the phrase that everybody kind of jumped on and said, yeah, he's got to learn to dial it back. And and what I think got lost in it was he has to learn to play within the flow of the game. And that is truly what Nick Robertson is going to have to do. He he doesn't have to junior the thing, which is I can take this all on my own shoulders and I can go Mm. down. the. Well, it doesn't work that way at this level. It doesn't work that way at the next level. Nobody, well, one guy, can do it all himself, but you know, uh, Mm -hmm. you, you need, you need to know that there is a lot of danger points out there for you to have success in this league. Mm -hmm. So use it, play within the flow of what the game is offering you. And, and I think that was the message for Nick was don't get ahead of the game. Don't get ahead of your line mates. Don't get ahead. Don't try to do things that aren't there to do simply because you think you can do it and you can get it done and you alone. There's other guys on the ice, other guys on the team, yeah. use every tool at your disposal. And I, and I think that was what Haley's message really was uh, in that, That, but it kind of got lost in that dial it back. And I, and I thought, yeah, it, I, I get where people might think that because when you meet him, you talk to him, he's intensity in 10 cities. He's just like, wow. Uh, but, but-
0: I never heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. I like that.
3: Uh, he, he is just one of these guys that just he's going 100 miles an hour after his yeah. uh, after his dream. And you got to appreciate it. Uh, you know, as I say, I, I was never that focused. Uh, at, no. at, certainly at that age, wasn't even close. So, uh, no. Yeah. So I, I think I think that's what I, I think that's a part that actually will play to this injury is he will come back at a time when the league is just dialing it to the next level. And that's the level that he'll come back in. That's the level he'll catch up to. And that's the level that he'll eventually surpass.
4: Interesting. Excellent. Good to I hear. because uh, a Yeah, keeping it simple yeah, definitely uh, works.
5: And I think Mitch Marner can uh, identify with putting it all on his back to do everything that he could possibly do. But, you know, keep with the play and keep with the team instead of putting it all on yourself. And I think yeah. Yeah, I could definitely say that Nick, he's just such a hard worker. He's just flat out when you see him lean forward and those legs are going and it's just oh, every time he's on every shift
3: yeah
0: it's yeah I mean, I'm,
5: it's a joy it to is, watch
3: yeah it is it is absolutely there's there's obviously there's obviously a future there
0: yep yeah. yeah i can't wait like just seeing his brother and i mean i know they're two different people but like i know the potential is there it's just damn injuries yeah, yeah. It's
2: good good to hear about his focus, though, because those are the kind of injuries, you know, you know, back to back serious injuries that would really affect uh, an average person a lot harder than it would affect someone with his focus. So uh, if he's working on his mental game, and he's mentally strong, then that's to his advantage right now, because at that age and being right on that brink of making the NHL and making an impact and playing with Austin Matthews or playing with a John Tavares, he's that close right and to yeah. be set back you know two years running oh man a, a normal kid might not come back from that but i, I really think nick nick will mentally so
0: yeah definitely I agree.
5: yeah um I'm, I'm actually funny enough i never even planned on asking this but just thinking of the marlies and the last time i got to watch them had happened to be with the ice caps uh being here and uh that was when neil and Ner was here and stuff like that but I think my favorite player to watch besides Neiland was always Connor Brown. Man, that guy was intense. Every time he was here, mm-hmm. he was intense. I mean, yelling flat yeah. out the entire yeah. game, yelling, screaming. That Con- was fun. Connor to Brown, saying.
3: Connor Brown, uh, one of those guys that just uh immediately you like, but immediately you understand that uh his will to win supersedes everything. Uh he and Matt Finn were great friends. But Matt Finn always used to say, you know, there's a point there where the rest of us will just go, oh well, we, you know, backyard rink, you know, when we were kids, oh well, you know, game's over, it's, you know, the lights are out, it's a eight o'clock. I don't know what time kids finish playing it, but anyway, uh uh, and and Connor Brown could not leave the rink if they were losing, you know, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. he he is a guy that will give you that competitive effort. In an NHL game, he'll give you that competitive effort. In a uh, game of Monopoly, uh, he is going to he is going to get at it and get invested in it. If there is a competition about what is happening, and there's going to be a winner and a loser, uh, Connor Brown is going to be a part of that, and he is going to have a say in it. And I I, I like him immensely. He is yeah. the he is the guy that would uh, always challenge me. I I used to say to uh, used to say to him, I can talk about anything for two minutes, Connor. Anything. You just go ahead, you name it. And so he would walk by and he would give me random topics. Oh, and no. I would just <laughs> two minutes and and he would uh, and, and two minutes later he'd just be like, I don't know next time, next time, you know, and, <laughs> and, and get, he got, you. He got, get a few, you know, a few of them were, were, you know, a little specious, but nonetheless, I got through the two minutes, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he was, he was always, uh, he, he's always uh, tremendous. And I, I, you know, one of those guys, there's a lot of guys to like in hockey, but uh, we've talked about a couple here tonight that are just exceptional people. Yeah.
5: Uh, so, uh, yeah, besides Nylander it was like he was always just circling and like dancing around people. Connor was just working and screaming the entire game. I'm like, man, that dude is driven. Yeah, wow, that was good, good to
3: go. And they yeah, were losing pretty bad. Sad. I think it was
5: six to one, and he was just still burning up. Yeah, I don't race. remember
3: that. I don't remember that one, Jay. No, We can move on from it, but I uh, I do have to remember one game out there that was uh, eight four late in the third period, and it was when uh, I think the ice caps, I think the Canadians were uh, there, and uh, it ended up being 9-8 in the end. I think uh, Gareth yeah. Sparks came in for Antoine mm-hmm. Lebo, mm. and yep. uh, I think Josh Levo maybe with the overtime winner. I'm not sure. I don't remember that. but I remember uh, that game. I was there. I was at Oh, my one. goodness. What a game. What a wild game, but still yeah. in the record
2: books for the Marlies is the
3: greatest comeback, so – that
2: was a great. Yeah. Any I went awesome. and watched the Marlies play kept, uh, the Ice Caps, the Marley spanked them pretty much, except for, like I said, when they were in the when they played in the uh, playoffs that time. But uh, my best, my favorite memory is, uh, I, again, we were on our way back into the city from visiting parents and stuff, and my wife's like, "There's a game tonight, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Uh, she, you didn't try to get tickets? I was like, "Well, I don't think I'm, I didn't think I could get them to be honest." She's like, well, "Why don't you just check?" She was driving, so I'm on my phone. I pops on Kijiji and boom, up pops these two tickets. I'm like. Yeah. So I called a Mrs. She's like, yeah, no, we just decided not to go, you know, these tickets, you know, take them, whatever it was, 20 bucks each or $25. I was like, perfect. When we get to the rink, I'm like, or when we pick up the tickets, I'm like, the, like the the numbers were really low. Like it was like row one. I was like, mm, this, something's up here. So anyway, when we get, I, we walked in and I'm literally sitting right next to the glass, uh, to the, to the door by the box there where, uh, where the goalies are letting, letting the guys in and out on the bench and, you know, during warmups, um, Friggin' uh, Trevor Moore was on my nachos, and you know what I mean. Like uh, I was right <laughs> there, you know, during the game of that during that game, uh, Travis Dermott dumped the puck in, or was dumping the puck in, and it was the rounded glass, and the glass actually broke and landed in my lap. <laughs> like, it was. Oh. One of, Remember One of those that. games right i uh i really i really yeah. that's probably my favorite game that i've been to and i've been to several leafs games but that was my favorite i, f- I felt part of the action you know just on a whim <laughs> but i was wondering so what did that damn todd crocker say with that glass landing on my lap <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. oh but uh but yeah now we've had we've had some great uh, great teams and and uh, great Marlies teams to watch and that that calder cup team i mean uh Mm-hmm. You, you've, we've touched on them a yes. lot here already. I mean, most of those guys have gone on to to big jobs with bigger clubs and in in, in up in the show. More players, yeah, yeah, and some more have gone back to play in the KHL and you, whatever it might be. But yeah. just an yeah. absolutely amazing team to watch. Amazing.
3: Yeah, yeah it, was, it was it was a pretty special run, more than anything. uh I, You know, and and some of the guys that you probably uh you think to yourself oh yeah and they're the and guys you know that at the time trevor moore uh, adam brooks mason marchman were all and guys they were like the team has this person and they they also have this and Mm -hmm. uh and yet those and guys are all in the nhl right right. is with Mm -hmm. vegas marchman is with florida more with uh, the really go to Florida. So that line, which really kind of gelled together in that playoff, uh was it's kind of neat to see them have the success that they had. I, I thought it was great. And I, you know, the other thing I I often think of when I think of that is uh just you know after I get about, you know, 70 things deep is that because Gary Kapman had the option to come back and didn't. He just said, well, you know, I'm done with the AHL. I don't want to get in. And I thought, wow, you missed a championship. And I I know he's got a career. He got, you know, I never fault him for that. But I often think championships just don't fall off trees. They're really hard. And when Dermot and, and Janssen came back, they were so invested. It changed everything. And it was just such a. It was such a an incredible run to be a part of. Uh, I remember in the last game, or this game six, maybe John Bartlett, who was the original voice of the Marleys, uh, came into the booth and he's like, "You know, you, you're going to get to call one. You're going to get to call one here. It's going to be great." And I'm like, I, I suddenly felt the weight of you know all the years of of the Marleys and the years they came close and. T- 2008 and I wasn't mm-hmm. even there, uh, you know, like, uh, I've been calling them down the street for the opponent. So, uh, and then in, in 2012 felt the weight of that and John Abbott getting a chance to call a championship, but it didn't work out. And then in 2013, 14, when they played Texas and, and, uh, Texas, they talk about St. John's memories. Yeah. Uh, they played <laughs> Texas, lost to Texas in game seven, I'm coming home. I'm on the bus the next day, going to the airport. I get a call from Leafs TV that says, uh, we want you guys to uh, come home and go right back to Texas because we want you to call the Calder Cup. And it was like, oh, great. You know, so subdued because none of us wanted to, you know, we felt horrible. Uh, And yet we called it. And I said to uh, Paul Hendrick, who was there at the time, too, I said to Henny, I said, you know, you're going you're gonna to think you were going back to Texas. You just spent a week there or whatever. That's fine. You know what that's like. But when we go to St. John's, you're going to see a different thing altogether. And you're going to appreciate that you went. Because, you know, they were all kind of like, season's over. It's over. It just feels wrong to be doing this. And he, you know, he would count that probably as one of his uh, great memories in, in sport to be uh, calling a Calder cup like that. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah. I felt that weight that day. I felt that weight game seven, uh, felt the history of the the team, not just the Marlies, but the the St. John's Maple Leafs. And I, I just, it was such a unique moment to call in Toronto and, and Leafs history um, that, uh, you know, if, if nothing else significant happens in my hockey career, I, I got to tell you, that was that was uh, an emotional moment that if I spend just a little bit more time talking about it, I'm going to get emotional now. So, just...
2: <laughs> well, if it makes me feel That's any awesome. better, that, that, that evening I was watching the game and I had it on on, on the big screen in my living room and, and like my wife p- pays no attention at the best of times to what I'm watching when it comes to sports. And she's like, are you watching hockey? Because, like, the, the Leafs, no, it's not the Leafs. What, what are you watching? I'm like, this is, this is the, just game seven. I'm trying to explain to her how important this is. She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, she comes back later on, and I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm sobbing like a baby, right? And she's like, what the, <laughs> what's wrong with you now? And I'm like, oh, the Calder Cup. And shock Rocker, and Durbin's hurt.
5: And, ah!
2: <laughs> so, yeah, she, she yeah. makes fun of me quite often because I cried when the
4: Marlies won the Cup. But anyway, that is that a uh, big one. That's a fact, Jack. But Todd is a good I'm, my final question and I have my burning question but it was a good segue when you said it's one of the, the greatest moments uh, from your career take us back to the day when you got a call to replace Joe Bowen your NHL debut
3: oh my goodness boy yeah, you guys are leaning heavy on the uh, <laughs> uh, on the emotions here um, we were in Boston uh, and we were getting ready to play three games out there and uh Springfield you know uh, Providence uh, Bridgeport maybe or I, I don't even remember now because I didn't get to call any of them but uh and I got a call I, I was it was uh we didn't have a game that day uh but I I got a call uh and I didn't answer it you know cuz I, I I was like ah oh, come on it's early morning here I just whatever and then Brad Lynn, who's the, who was the Marley's director of uh, hockey ops for a long time and then became the Leafs guy that way. And um, I, I finally, I picked it up and I'm like, hey, Brad, how's it going? And he's like, hey, what are you doing? I said, oh, I was just in the shower. I got this and I got that. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm just whatever. I got to be on the bus at noon and, and whatever. Oh, well, What's going on? And he goes, I got a car for you waiting downstairs uh, at your hotel to take you to the airport to to get, you're gonna come up you're gonna call the game tonight in colorado and i'm like what's happening like mm-hmm. i don't, don't <laughs> understand what is colorado. what has occurred here like i, I he said no joe's got laryngitis and he's he they need somebody to call the games and i'm like my first thought how's this for first thoughts is there no one out there that can call a hockey <laughs> like what like, are, you, are you serious and anyway brad says yeah there are people but we want you to do it and i'm like amazing wow uh so just to be shown that uh amount of faith and amount of uh, uh yeah. care that they put into my career uh that kyle as well kyle dubas uh uh, they, they made sure that, that I was the guy who got to do it. And so get on a plane at Logan airport. I was, you know, how you get those loading groups where you're like, A, B, C, D, or one, two, three, four. I'm in, they're loading the last zone and I'm in it. And I literally am the last person on the airplane. And I'm just like, Oh my God. I, I sit down and I'm just, I'm my mind is going hundred miles an hour. I just, I can't even put it all together. We get up in the air. I can't figure out how to get the Wi-Fi on the airplane. I don't know a ton about <laughs> who they're playing. I don't, you're so focused on your own season. I'm just Sorry. like, Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to Colorado. So landis Gog, And I'm like, okay, well, I'm getting all this right in my mind. And I'm trying to, I think, Oh, I'll get it. When I get to O'Hare, I'll figure it all out. I landed O'Hare. And I get off the plane, I say to the girl, Oh, I gotta get on this plane to to Denver. And she's like, Oh my god, it's leaving in like 20 minutes. And I said, From like here? Like and she goes, No, it's over in the other terminal. You gotta go down here, you gotta go underground, no. you gotta go over. Of course. Here. And I'm just like, whoo, whoo you know, <laughs> it's like you know, you may not remember that I'm feeling like the $6 million
1: man.
3: And I get on this plane and they've already called it. Like I am literally like the door is like, no, 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 I'm here. And of course, these people have been waiting for me, you know, not for me, like just a guy, you know, and and like the looks really and i'm just all i want to say to them is i'm going to call my first nhl game right (laughs) give
5: me a break be a little happy for me (laughs) yes
3: i get down to my seat a middle seat and i'm like oh no i was like this is gonna kill me i am just squeezed in Uh, you know but and i'm just i can't get out my computer i can't do anything i was like so i'm just i just kind of get my mind right i get i get out get the airport and the guy who picks me up at the airport cliff says to me hey uh uh you know i don't know if we're gonna make this we're, we're a long ways out i'm like what's the airport in denver so, oh it's a long way out says, get in i i literally dive in the back of his car he's moving you know we're just like off we go i'm getting changed in the back of the car i'm like oh try it what's this look like and he, he's like looking at the river said, oh look you know, i'm like oh okay great i hop <laughs> out of the car brad lynn's there takes a video of it um and he's like hey welcome to the nhl and i'm like ah, dude, uh ah, surprised i'm here you know and, and go in the building and the guys the pregame skate's already going and i my heart is going a million miles miles an hour almost better because i didn't have time to think about anything you know or look at a lineup um and <laughs> I, I go up and I get up there, and I I think I'm just going to take a look at this. So I get the paper, and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Dan, so one of the guys comes in, visiting radio. He's like, hey, man, you know, welcome, great, good luck. I'm like, yeah, hey, go good. <laughs> I really want to have a conversation with you, but you know, like, I got Yeah, it.
0: go away. And, and he, yeah. he's like, yeah, no, it's
3: great. So he he leaves, in comes Kyle. You know, Kyle Dubas. Hey, come on,
4: we got to get a picture. <laughs> and I'm like, yes
3: we do yes it's awesome no, I, I'm, I'm freaking out but i'm also freaking out uh, and and then uh anyway and then ralphie who was just awesome like i mm-hmm. i don't know i don't think he i don't think he spoke i don't think he spoke more in a broadcast than he did that night uh helping me out and he was just amazing and and joe too like i mean you know like i you know, you don't want to be Wally Pipp. I don't know if you know who that is. But, you know, Wally Pipp is the guy who was on first – who played first base for the Yankees before Lou Gehrig went on a, uh, you know, however many Iron Man run that he went
1: yeah.
3: on. Uh, Wally Pipp was the guy who said, I don't feel well today. And then Lou Gehrig took his job and never gave it back. And, yeah. you know, nobody in broadcasting wants to be Wally Pipp. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, like uh, – and I would never – like Joe – is just such an incredible legend, a spectacular individual. I, mm-hmm. I think he was just so generous uh, and not feeling well, like he's got laryngitis, the worst. Uh, and he's, he, but, he, you know, he said, look, you know, here's what you do. These, this is my hotel, you know, it's all set up already, you know, for on the road for the next stop. And he was just, and then, uh, you know, uh, online could have said nothing. Could have said absolutely zero, uh, but instead was so kind, and that stood out to me. uh But calling a game, calling that game, and finishing it, it Mark Masters, you know, I got uh, put me on TSN, and I'm like, no way. and and then after it, the paper, and then Cappy scored as the first goal I ever called, you know, uh, kasperi Cappin and scored. I was like. You know, uh, I'm just amazed. Like I know that guy, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, now now I know of them, but but you know, like he's he's got the heart of a Marley. This guy, like I just know him, you know. And so it felt great that he was the guy that uh, that that kind of was that goal. And then, uh, and then that that ended, and and um, I'm always amazed at how fast it moves. Like so, that ends. It goes. We're finished. And then I go to take, so when you travel on the road in the American hockey league, you bring all your equipment, mixer board, computer, all these different things that you bring with you. Mm -hmm. So I go to take the mixer board. Well, in the NHL, it's there. Like, (laughs) they provide it. And I'm like, do I? And I looked at the guy who was the engineer, the operator. I'm like, do I? You want me to take that downstairs? Or do I have a case here for that? And he's like, this is ours. And I'm like, oh. 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 Like Oscar's <laughs> hiring his own bag. I heard about this, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Off I go. I go downstairs. We do some sort of thing. It's all happening so fast. Go back to the hotel room. Gotta be up at four o'clock in the morning to go to uh, Vegas, the next uh, next stop. Uh, and and then I'm, then there's a moment there where we're flying to Las Vegas. And I can't get the Nazareth song out of my head, uh, you know, because I'm just like, oh, flight Vegas tonight. Saints. You know, I'm like, yeah, yes. no, it's
5: flight tonight. And it, I
3: yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> hey, well, that's awesome. And we land, and I, and we have uh, a day. I think a day off. They don't play that day. They play the next day. And I'm just, I all of a sudden I'm standing there. Uh, in this hotel room at, at a really nice hotel not that the Marlies don't say they do they stay at some of the best hotels but uh, this one is beyond and I'm just oh my god like this is what it's like in the NHL and I was I, I don't know I, I, I just it flooded over me and I just felt so thankful that I've been around so many good people uh, Joe yeah. Bowen, Jim Ralph, Paul Hendrick, uh, Nicole Burns, who was a producer of the, of their stuff on the road that kept me kind of even keeled throughout those, you know, four games. And, uh, I, I, the one thing I always wondered about in my career is, you know, was I ever good enough to mm. call a game in the NHL? Was I ever good enough to do it? Uh, or was it just, you know, the time just didn't suit, me doing it. Uh the times just didn't happen. And so mm-hmm. now I know I can do it. Uh yeah. and I and mm-hmm. I could have done it. It just the timing was wrong for me yeah, in, in my career. So uh mm-hmm. I, those four games that let me know that and I, I feel pretty good about it.
0: Yeah. 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 That's yeah well, cool. I, I watched them Great. All the that was, and, that was- and, uh,
2: I watched them all and you killed it. I in my opinion. And what do what do I know about broadcasting? But I was like Again, uh, my wife walks by and I'm watching this game. She's like, "What's what's what's what's?" She's like, you're so excited?" I'm like, "It's Todd Kroger. He's plays. He's calling yeah. the game. The She's like, like, you're an idiot." <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. A it's a beautiful story. Like, yeah, uh, yeah.
3: Ryan oh, crying
0: I'm crying <laughs> yeah. Crying, uh, again. Crying again.
5: Crying. I I I gotta
3: tell you though, I know that was a long answer to a short question, but uh, I I just really no. It was I, an just so thankful for, for some of the guys I that, uh, that stepped in there and made that happen, Kyle and Brad and, and, you know, mm-hmm. the support of the people I just mentioned and, and, and the Marleys themselves who, who turned around and just didn't skip a beat and, and, you know, didn't make me feel like I, I'll tell you what, I, I know you don't have a, a unlimited amount of time here, but, mm-hmm. uh, but I getting back was almost weirder than going because uh i called the game in st louis which was wild um and uh, you know like there's some that you're just like wow you know like vegas was a spectacle incredible just amazing uh arizona was was just such an odd experience to call a game in a place like that that like this is the only ice for miles uh but Mm -hmm. st louis fabled you know like people that have called games for that franchise Uh, anyway 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 So that's uh, that's the, 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 well, the Marlies have a school day game the next day and talk about, you know, guys wanting to keep their jobs. I'm so, I don't know, I wouldn't say insecure, but I think I'm broadcaster insecure, you know, which is just like, that's my job, you know, like, uh, so I leave snowstorm. Leafs don't get out uh, of the night before, but we get, I think the last flight out of St. Louis and it's snowstorm. And we fly and I'm like, oh, don't just don't let this go, Buddy Holly. You know, like I'm just like, oh, yeah, get get up in the air and let's just make this a, a, a non story landing. Okay. Like there's no story that any called yeah. games in the NHL and that <laughs> <was> like, oh. <laughs>
2: so,
3: so I land they didn't the win another the until they found his body
2: <laughs> so
3: I get there literally at the same time I got there uh in like pre-game skate stepped into the booth called that game so i called the st louis game the night previous called this game a uh, school day game for the marley's the next morning and you know like it wasn't until really a week later that i processed the whole thing and, and was just like uh yeah. i just well even now I, i'm telling it i feel like i'm living it you know right in front of you right. here so sounds yeah, like it you just
5: slept for like three days afterwards <laughs>
3: Oh yeah. Wild. I was, as I say, I called that game and, and then driving home, I'm thinking about all the things that happened. And then I got home and of course, everybody's pretty excited for you. And then you don't even know, like, I didn't even know in, in Hamilton, it was a big story. It it was like somebody wrote in the paper about it and then it was on some program and then it was on the news (laughs) and then people were leaving me messages at home. And, and I didn't even know, like, I just got back and suddenly it was like, Oh my God! We listened to you God, an NHL game, and I was like, "Where were you, people? like What are you talking about? It was on the West Coast. It was late at night. You wouldn't be up, you know." It's like I don't know. It just was was pretty pretty spectacular moment. Uh, uh, sound amazing.
0: My best. Yeah. Will you yeah.
4: play yourself in the Hollywood movie? Uh, yeah, well, I'll be the right age if it happens now. But uh, <laughs> you know, uh,
3: if if we uh, if we really do the Hollywood uh, side of things, I, I think that there's probably some. I'm uh, gonna have to get Vince Vaughn. he's about my height. So uh, you know, so I think somebody's <laughs> six four. But I think probably most people would classify me
2: on a Will Ferrell basis. So, you know, a little, a little bit goofier than possibly that. So. Yeah. so my, yeah. my wife says, T- that, is that the guy who looks like Charlie Sheen? I said, "Yes, yeah, that's Crocker.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Sheen. <laughs> that's
2: what Leslie said one day. She said, yeah, yeah, he looks just like Charlie Sheen. I'm like, really?
0: I don't see Charlie Sheen. No,
2: I, geez, I, well,
3: thanks, Kylie, gee. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, She's only yeah, Tom Cruise,
2: uh, only Tom Cruise. Yes. <laughs>
3: I don't see, I, don't see I, I've never been able to, you know, when people nah. say that about you, like, I don't know what you get, but I mean, like, I get these things and people say, oh, you know what, uh. Uh, you look like Frodo from The Hobbit. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, like I, nobody says that, but I, I'm just,
4: you know. I truly believe I look like Ed Sheeran, just throwing it out there. Uh. Don't sing like him, but it looks. Uh. Well,
3: you could sing with, with uh. like him with auto-tune, you know. <laughs>
4: I'll that's tell you, I true.
3: was uh,
5: I was harassed by an Australian man in Dublin who was calling me Sergio Garcia for like three hours at a pub. I was oh, like, dude, you gotta leave me alone. <laughs> I do see that now
3: that you say yeah,
5: it. Man, oh it. Man. Yeah, a, man, oh man, that's Australian. Three we hours had a, straight.
3: We had a PR guy, uh Stefano, who looked like uh oh the tennis player Milo Milos Raus Milos Yeah, he 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 really did look like him, but he was <laughs> six eight. like our guy was six eight but you know somebody would be like hey are you the tennis player it's like really like are there tennis players that big i don't know so anyway okay i just
0: googled who sergio garcia is and he actually does kind of look like you chad Uh,
2: you tell the australian guy who would not leave me alone
0: like with a hat on and stuff
2: i've only ever been mistaken for the guy from the pretty fly for a white guy music video (laughs) That on sideways, like, you know, like, that guy. Oh, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. me. I been mistaken so for that guy. <laughs> oh
0: my god, you're all. we can't finished. we
2: can't keep this going all night I could, no, I guess, oh, but we can't. Right. My face hurts. Used um, <laughs> and abuse, Todd, more than uh, more than we probably should have. So uh, I think we'll we'll knock on the head there. But uh, really enjoyed your story about uh, the first game. That was definitely a oh man, this one awesome. Oh, yeah, you I love have that. Some great stories, Todd. Yeah, you don't I mean,
3: often yeah. uh, you don't often get a chance to tell them, you know, because uh, you know the people you know in your life aren't really that interested in your life. You know, they they lived it. Too. <laughs> they were there. <laughs> they're not, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, they're, not, they're not sitting back going, "Hey, could you tell yeah. that again next Thursday too?" <laughs> like, oh my goodness, it was just so good over the meatloaf that we just had. Why don't we have meatloaf and you tell that story again? Again. <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah. Good. No, oh, I'm gonna say uh, no. It was great.
3: Um, yeah, so much.
0: Well, anytime you want to tell a story, you can just call us. I
3: will. I will. And and I, I thanks so much for having me on. I don't think I've had uh, this kind of fun on a podcast before. Just, uh, <laughs> just natural and honest uh, conversation. I, I appreciate it. And
2: that's the feedback Thank we've been getting. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate. Uh, we'll finish up with uh, basically, I mean, I've learned way more than I thought I was going to take away from this podcast. I, I well, I've learned yeah. that Todd has probably the narrowest arteries in uh, in sports broadcasting. That's that's, <laughs> that that's key. True. Yeah, that's
5: it's a deep fried potato addiction.
2: Yeah. yeah, pretty uh, much.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Nothing also, wrong with that though.
2: Todd no. also referenced the phone book. So if anybody, you, know, you young listeners, are wondering <laughs> what that is, Google what it. What that find, is? Google. Yep. It. Google, <laughs> they
3: still exist somewhere.
2: Yeah. He also mentioned henchmen. Uh, if you ever need henchmen, there, Todd. You know, you know where you know where to call. We're we're good For to go fans. at any time. <laughs> perfect pre-game henchmen we're we're, we're there for
1: well, we also learned
2: uh that todd's a real gentleman and uh yeah not everybody takes the time to uh we, we send out messages to various people who we think would be interesting to chat with and sometimes we get a response sometimes we don't but only the best people respond and uh and we're mm-hmm. really grateful you took the time to, to chat with a few podcasters who are just getting going and uh And we really enjoyed it, and you've uh, you've made a few friends here tonight. So uh, if you're ever back to the Rock again, you make sure to look us up, and we'll take care of you for sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, just you know, keep keep your food you know stocked. I I don't mind no problem. (laughs) No problem with that. Don't mind coming in. Don't don't try and keep it healthy. It's not important to me. So (laughs) that's all right. I I I do appreciate I do appreciate it, and and it's uh, you know what. I, I just think it's, I, I don't say yes to everybody either. Uh, you know, it's, it, there are lots of requests that come in and, you know, lots of people are just getting going and lots of people trying to, but there's just something about this group that, that has something special. <laughs> and, and I just felt like I want to be a part of that. So I appreciate, wow, thank I you. appreciate thank you reaching out and, and I appreciate being on the really show. really appreciate that.
2: Thanks.
5: It's funny when cry. other podcasters have messaged us and say, how'd you get that guy? I'm like, I don't know, man. Oh just my God. All the
0: land, time. I don't
5: know what else to tell you. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <I> <laughs> all right. Thanks guys so, for all of our sake. Thank you.
2: All right. All right. All right. Have a good all night. night. Good night. Yes. That's it. Mr. Crocker is out. Uh, I want to know. Good time. Watch your, and then out metal crocs here. We haven't got to kiss his ass. Watch your very, what's your takeaway? what's uh what what's your thoughts on todd crocker as a as a person as a broadcaster let's hear it yeah, he
4: Loves does. Hard. he's
0: yeah. your
4: five tool player equivalent to a baseball player he's your five tool guy well said i like
2: there it there you go Ooh, okay a baseball reference not normally welcomed here but i like it yeah.
0: hey we like baseball yeah, here
2: that's true can't that's true. top that you no, got well said Todd, uh, Todd, making the time to come on, man. Amazing. I, yeah. I was not expecting awesome. that level of, uh, of of storytelling and uh, nope. involvement. What a great guy. What a just a class act of a gentleman. I uh, I can't say it. I mean, I've always been a Todd Crocker fan, right? I mean, he no one yeah. called a Drew McIntyre save like Todd Crocker. I mean, it just no. did, just 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 not doesn't happen. Uh, but yeah, I've always been a fan. But man, am I ever a fan now? What a guy.
5: Yeah, it's like I watch a million. Marley's games. It's not like, hey, I'm gonna to talk to Todd. Croft I know him.
0: Yeah, yeah. like yeah. I know that guy.
2: <laughs> that's, kind of of that's kind of cool, yeah, that's actually. So, that's where the show of people we're gonna visit. I'm gonna to go to Ontario. Dash number. Yeah,
0: write like, write him down. We okay. have yeah. our DSC trip. Yeah, Cola Coliseum. Yeah. I'll be there. Other people. I actually visit. said that. Next time I go to Toronto I'd like to see Leafs game, I'm definitely seeing a Marley's game.
2: Cool. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, It'd be silly not Definitely. to if they're in town. You should try to plan your trip around it. Actually, that's what a couple Rico of people is. Amazing. To. Yeah. 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 I'd love to.
5: I've never yeah. been. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. never been there either.
2: No. So no needs awesome. to go. Got to go. Absolutely.
0: Yep.
2: Somewhere else go. you got to go when you're in Southern Ontario. PhD sports at a Whitby, Ontario. Whitby. Yep.
0: Um, huh?
2: PhD has been <laughs> sponsoring this podcast now, guys, ever since the inception. Uh, back in season one. Uh, we're very grateful. Uh, it's amazing. I, I've just I'm always floored when someone likes our content to begin with, certainly when it's someone who's not from Newfoundland or someone who's got no real connection to us, you know, personally, professionally, whatever it might be. Um, so mm-hmm. when uh, when PhD came on board as a sponsor, uh, I was floored and, uh, and humbled. And uh, I never take that for granted. These guys are are, are class guys as well. And uh, make sure if you, uh, if you get a chance, visit their website, www.phgsports.com. That's where the pro sign. Uh, they've got all the best gear. I've been, I've been shopping there for years. That's how I met uh, Todd, the owner, in the beginning. Um, but uh, fantastic quality product and uh, the best customer service out there. So, again, www.phgsports.com.
5: So, uh, right now, they're set up in Ottawa in the Gloucester location until the 5th of December. There you go. There's, uh, go check
2: Mr. it out. Mr. Newman's update on location. So yeah, the Costco Roadshow. Give him a look. But no, guys, that sets it for us. I uh, hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I always say this is one of my favorites. Seems like every episode is one of my favorites, but this one truly was uh, a, a piece of work. It's good and uh, I really enjoyed it. So if you're looking for more of our content, uh, just check out uh, www.facebook.com. Pretty much everything we do runs through Facebook now. We're about cool kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check us out on Twitter at uh, Selly Deek. Uh, you can also check out our own website, which is www.deeksnipeselly.ca. Uh, we've been building on our team uh, lately, and uh, we've got a mm-hmm. graphics design guy who's on board, Mr. Paul Loader, and we oh, just yeah. brought in our first full-time blogger, which is Mr. Timothy Hayward. Woo! And Tim, we go Tim! Let me tell you, welcome Tim, aboard. Tim's forgotten more about the Leafs than the four of us. know. definitely. So, uh, uh, if you're looking for awesome. good uh, good written content, there's some coming very soon from uh, from Mr. Hayward. So can't wait. Yep. Uh, also, guys, if you're listening, uh, you may be listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, you name it. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can get Deep Deep, deep silly. Uh We're also a little bit humbled uh, recently to find out that we've been ranked uh, in the top 200 podcasts in two countries. And, uh, United States and uh, and in Canada among hockey podcasts. So uh, there's a lot of us out there and uh, we appreciate you guys who are listening and, uh, and and who bumped us up in that ranking. So uh, cheers to Thank you guys. But the listeners, just doesn't happen. I guess it does happen, but it just happens over a few beer on a telephone. But happens uh, much better when people listen to us. Yeah, this is much more enjoyable for everyone, I think. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, So no guys,
2: Definitely. keep on listening and uh, keep on liking and sharing that content. That's what gets it out there and, uh, and we appreciate it so much. So, again smash that subscribe button but i got nothing else to say you guys no no i'm good all right peace out cheers